With Virgin Media, you can build up the entertainment and tear down the price. Switch to Virgin Media today and get super-fast broadband and TV for just €49 a month for an awesome 12 months. The sale that stacks up. Now on. See virginmedia.ie and check out how our mobile sales stacks up too. T's and C's apply. See virginmedia.ie. 12-month contract. Offer ends 27th of February 2019. Hi, guys. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, oh boy, we're talking about marriage. Marriage. Christian marriage. We're talking biblical marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Polygamous. Yeah. Marriage. We're going to talk about like... Uh, you know, let's let's really dig down deep into what marriage really is, or not. And, and we'll, we'll stay pretty surface. It's not, you know, <laughs> no no digging deep. What, how, well, I have some fun stories about the Na people of China. Oh, uh, good. Oh, share, good. Share about interesting. I mean, I could share some of that stuff too, but nah. Oh, Dan. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, Dan, that's awful. Let's move on Actually, to some I'm stories. I'm not sharing anything about the Nah. Okay. Anyway, good. Good. <laughs> Just I don't want people to feel teased. Yeah, and then not and actually uh, follow through. Oh, you are such I'm, a tease. I'm such a tease. Such a tease. Dan, what? Uh, here's a very disturbing thing that's happening. Well, fuck it. It's not even that disturbing. It's I don't even know what it is. Uh, <laughs> so in Pakistan right now, apparently. Um, there's this trend for Christian women in particular, uh-huh. uh, and I assume maybe even their, it must be their husbands as well, yeah. um, who are divorcing after converting to Islam. What? Because Christianity doesn't allow them to divorce. So they convert oh. to Islam, which actually has a couple of different mechanisms, including irreconcilable differences right. to divorce. Whereas Christianity, you actually, if you want a divorce, you're going to have to go out and commit adultery. Huh. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, in this country, we actually don't do Christian marriage. Right. right? We'll be talking about that a lot later. But yeah, <laughs> the uh, the whole concept of like... Christian marriage has some rules, y'all. It really does. And uh, and yeah, Jesus, his damn self, said no divorce. Right. Yeah. Except in the case of infidelity. Right. And so these folks have found a, a fantastic workaround. And uh, I just want to know why they don't want to commit infidelity. That's fun. <laughs> What's <laughs> why wouldn't they want to go the fun route and just have an affair? Oh, it is Pakistan, huh? Mm-hmm. They probably get stoned to death or have acid yeah. thrown in their face or something. So apparently, the law uh, in uh, in Pakistan grants divorces to Christian couples only on four grounds: uh, adultery, conversion, marriage to another. Oh, Does that work? Like if you're already like if if you were a secret bigamist or something, maybe or cruelty. Oh, seems like 
Seems like most people could make that work. Could make cruelty happen? Yeah. Yeah, well. You could lie about some cruelty. Yeah, like, but, then, they but then you're making cruelty? enemies of their of their family or oh, whatever. That's true. You, and you have it's, to kind of. It's a tribal thing yeah. over there, man. You yeah. don't want to. So conversion. That's so you just convert. It. They get out of the Christian nonsense and into the Islamic nonsense. Right. Allahu Akbar. I'm leaving you. <laughs> That's basically how it works. Yeah. I, I like it. Well, Allah I, you know, Akbar is that the you say is that the one you say three times and then you're no you just say I divorce you I divorce you I divorce you and then oh, no, but oh to, to convert. convert I think you just say I am a Muslim and then but I think there's you, 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 there's you say it three times though. Because maybe yeah maybe you, that's the whole thing there's, about there's, the divorce I think if you say something three times you really meant it the crossover it wasn't an accident the crossover between islam and bloody mary and beetlejuice and beetlejuice <laughs> it's all the same there's magic in saying something thrice let's just face it if you say it once it doesn't matter but well, you could just be saying it as an example right <laughs> do you want me to say i divorce you you just said it so, so you have to. So, yeah, I, right. yeah, you do two more of those, and I divorce you. No, stop don't it! Don't make me say it. I divorce you, you and a half. It. Oh God! <laughs> I divorce you and a half. Does that count? <laughs> Shoot, I don't know. I don't know if it counts or not. I half divorce you. I three quarters <laughs> divorce you. <laughs> I divorce you. <laughs> oh my God. That's so dumb. <laughs> okay, well, I, well, mm. from there, we'll 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 keep talking a little bit about Islam because a wee uh, bit later or right now, you mean? Right now, oh. we'll keep talking about uh, Islam because in uh, outside of Indianapolis, in Indiana, there is a a billboard aimed at uh, educating all of us. Oh, on, oh. on Islam itself, the billboard. Uh, has a uh, it's a black field with white writing. Quote the perfect man unquote. Oh, ooh, I. And then has is a, there a picture? No, the perfect just, man. Nope, because you're not allowed to do a picture of this particular perfect man. Well, that seems pointless. The perfect if man. There's a perfect man. I need to see a picture. Uh, here we say. Uh, there are bullet points underneath the words "the perfect man." Married six-year-old, beheaded oh. 600 Jews in one day, Oh, slave owner and dealer, 13 wives, 11 at one time, rapist, tortured and killed unbelievers. I've, I'm at a loss, Dan. Educate truthophobes, it says. <laughs> the, uh, the billboard was... Is, oh, wait, are they talking about Muhammad? They are talking about Muhammad. Oh. Islamic leaders, local Islamic leaders uh, are denouncing the ad as untruthful. But the man who put up the ad, uh, one Mr. Woodsmall, which that's an unfortunate name. Woodsmall? <laughs> anyway. It's better than small wood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so uh, he. this is the guy who owns... Uh, he he owns the business that owns the uh, the sign itself. Oh, um, his name is Don Woodsmall, uh, and he's, he's overcompensating with a big sign, something like that. Um, he said that the 
the uh, the people behind the ad put it, uh, requested it anonymously. He said, quote, their desire, born out of love and not hate, is to launch a national conversation with one billboard in a <laughs> tiny little part of Well, it. we're talking about it. Yeah, indeed. I mean, job well done. Yeah. Way to launch. This is all over the place now. Yeah. Born out of love, not hate, though. Let's, let's, uh, let's make that clear. Well, yeah, he's concerned, Dan. Uh-huh. He loves his Muslim neighbors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very clearly. Um, he said, upon learning what they wanted to post, my first question was, like most Americans, is it true? He said, after talking to half a dozen Islamic scholars... He never talked to an Islamic scholar. <laughs> what a fucking liar. Oh. He said, after talking to a half dozen Islamic scholars and receiving and reviewing numerous citations from Islamic law and, t- and literature, I was convinced that each point on the billboard was historically and factually true. Well, a lot of it's true for sure. It, yeah. He definitely had I multiple wives. that's what's in dispute here. Well, yes. Uh, I mean, I mean, the fact of the matter is, was Muhammad a good guy? Well, by 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 modern standards, that's a tricky one. Nope, that's a tough one. He wasn't. It's a tough. uh, That would be a tough argument to make that he's a a, yeah a a good guy by modern standards. Yeah, Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In college, I had to watch a Iranian film that was uh, the life of Muhammad. Oh. But of course you can't show images of Muhammad. Right. Right. So there was this wonderful tricky workaround that they had because how do you tell his story? Don't tell me the whole thing was POV. It was all POV. Oh my god. The entire thing was POV. <laughs> That's point of view for those of you who don't know the movie lingo, meaning the camera we as audience are Muhammad. Yes. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? So people would come up and look into the camera and talk to Muhammad. Right. Right? Like his all his little compatriots. Yeah. And uh Fancy. It was interesting. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. Was it any good? Filmmaking wise? Eh, it was good enough. Okay. It was I mean, Iranian film uh that's not the kind of Iranian film that uh that is get... usually the good stuff. Right. Right. It's your, well, as we know from our from or... our friends over at God Awful Movies, mm-hmm. uh, any religious film <laughs> is not where you get the good stuff. Those guys, by the way, I should probably say this. You know that, uh, I just quick plug, Yeah. in October, those God Awful Movies guys, Noah Heath and Eli, are going to be coming out to Salt Lake City. Is that public? Uh-huh. It's oh, public, cool. and uh, and you can get your tickets now. It's going to be at the stateroom. Uh, that's awesome. in October, and if you... Wow. and go, uh, It's on the God Awful Movies website. You can go there and check it out. But me uh, and and Mark, our sometime uh, yeah. guest host, are going to be guests on their show. Yeah, that's great. Awesome. So, uh, so yeah, that's worth... That'll be worth checking out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. Stuff. So there you go. Islam and billboards. That's... A recipe for love and compassion. <laughs> what do you got? All right. Well, I have um, a state governor, a Kentucky state governor. Oh, that <laughs> that sentence can't go wrong. Uh, who's got a plan? Yeah, I'm sure uh, he does, and I'm sure he's a he. Apparently, Louisville, you know, has a, a, a murder rate that's out of control. Louisville. 
and he's trying to address this problem, and he has a suggestion to the fo- good folks of Louisville, and uh, this is his solution. More McGruff houses. Pray. Of course it's pray, pray. Pray the murder away, everyone. <laughs> it, uh, you know what? If you just get out there and start praying, uh, he wants to form prayer groups. They're going to walk high crime neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, he's calling on uh, community members to gather in groups of three to ten and start on the corner. The oh, my God. Have a prayer. No. Prayer for no more murder. No. Walk around the neighborhood. Go to another corner. Pray for no more prayer. Or yeah. for, I love pray, pray for, for no, no more prayer. prayer. Pray for no more murder. Uh, and do this <laughs> at least two or three times a week. Um, go to those bad neighborhoods, kids. Go into the bad neighborhoods. Go, I mean, um, I've seen The Wire. I know what this could be. This, <laughs> this could have worked. I'm sure of it. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have The Wire. Um, <laughs> then, and then he, uh, he urged participants to make a year-long commitment. Uh, he says, go around the block. Pause at each corner, pray for the people there, move to the next corner. Okay. Uh, and over the course of the year, here's what's going to happen. Ooh, okay, good, good. They're going to get to know the people on the block. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so having these people of faith in the neighborhood, it's going to solve the murder problem. Here's what, I, here's what, like, I don't really hope this, because I don't wish ill on anyone, but just... Just because this is such a stupid plan, <laughs> what I really want to have happen is for crime not to go down, but Christian addiction to go up <laughs> as they start to meet the drug dealers and the, those who are peddling the various and sundry illicit substances. Yeah. Um, a woman from the neighborhood uh, she says they can do walks all day long, but it doesn't mean it's going to change anything. <laughs> yeah. Says, you think? <laughs> and asked uh, if she was going to join a prayer group. She says, I'm trying to get out of the neighborhood that, <laughs> that I'm in because I still got another child. Oh, ooh, this is the woman. Okay. This is the same woman who had a, a, a child killed by a stray bullet. Oh, jeez. Uh, who lives in the neighborhood. Um, she's like, I'm, I'm trying to get out. Uh, and you who know, wouldn't yeah. try to get out? Yeah, that's, uh, that is the correct answer, Not madam. This is not a lack of prayer problem. No. This is a too many guns and well, out of control well, crime and it's problem. Like, uh, uh, on what planet does a, does a mayor... This is a governor. A governor, a governor solve a problem... Through prayer. Through <laughs> pray fund, about it. You know what? If you would fund your police and, you know, maybe get some real policing happening... Maybe something. I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's a lot. There's some intractable, very difficult problems yeah. uh, in this country and a lot of our cities, probably most of our cities at this point. I mean, yes. you drive around Salt Lake City on the western side of downtown at this point. It's it's tense city. It's getting rough. It's getting, you know? it's getting bad. And, uh, and I know that we're not unique. Right, right. So, and that's a, and, and 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 yes, these problems are are complex problems with non with with not with very complex solutions. Right. If there is a solution, right. And the homelessness problem is obviously different from what's going on here, but they're both part of a. a, a we've had the absolute wrong approach to um drugs right in this country right failed you know? social nets yeah failed uh social uh programs all of these things 
The answer, however, I think the one thing that we know, like you and I do not know the answers Mm -mm. to these problems, but we know a non-answer when we see one. (laughs) Like he, like if he said clowns for the, for the ghettos, we would also know this doesn't work too. Well, you forget about clowning though. Uh, the, the, the dance, you know about clowning. You mean like the the like, the, like from East the, LA, the East LA sort of yeah. phenomenon that was happening? Yeah, yeah. did not solve murder, <laughs> but they were dancing. Go dance, that's great. Uh, <laughs> not going to solve a murder problem. Wasn't it called clowning? I, I did they get know. that right? It was well. It was that part, movie's amazing. Though. Part of Go. the whole crump movement, or yeah, whatever. yeah. Well, the, yeah, and uh, you got to. You check and I it are out. so hip to the whole. No. All I know whole. of it is from the, the documentary <laughs> Rise. Which was a great documentary. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, go check it out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to move on. But that would, I guarantee you, that did more for uh, at least some of those dancers than prayer ever would have. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Maybe like two or three of them. <laughs> a couple. A few. Sure. Perhaps. <laughs> I guess. If you belong to a dance troupe, Dan. I, I'm all for it. I mean, that's community engagement. Yes. That's, uh, that's a hobby. Yes. It keeps you from doing other possibly more nefarious things. Keeps your heart rate up. Gets you off the street. good. For a bit. You know. Yeah. A little exercise. Great. Good I'm stuff. all for it. I'm okay. all for it. Uh, the United States Supreme Court has recently come down with a, uh, a ruling... That is that I find a little odd. Um, it's a case in which uh, some uh, employees of hospitals yeah. were bringing suit uh, because uh, these re- religiously affiliated hospitals were not complying with federal pension laws or rules. <laughs> God. Uh, and... So lower courts decided that uh, that hospital workers um, should the, the the those laws should apply to them. Uh, the Supreme Court ruled eight to zero. That's amazing. Overturning that. So was- now, so now apparently, so apparently, uh, wow. federal uh, pension rules do not apply when it's a religious institution. Including a hospital that's working basically, I mean, that's the thing about church-owned hospitals. Yeah. Is, is they're not charity hospitals. They're set up as for-profit organizations, and the profit funnels back into the religious organization. Yeah, the problem for this... So, for them to be... Like, so any entity that's owned by a church... They can just do whatever the fuck they want? I guess so. Uh, here's what's really gross about the uh, the, the hospital thing. Because, like, you know, if you run a church or, you know, a, even, you know, a, a seminary, uh, some sort of educational facility or whatever, that's fine. Only people who want to associate with you are going to be trying to, uh, to participate in your services. Mm-hmm. But if I if my leg gets cut off, I go to the nearest damned hospital I can find. Yeah. If I'm in an emergency situation, so they have to. They're serving people that don't believe the same as they do. Exactly. And those people don't have a choice in terms of where they go. 
and I'll I'll go a step further. If you're a nurse and you need a job, yeah, and St. John's is the only place hiring at the moment, right? You go work for St. John's because while you're there, there's nothing religious about it. You're providing medical care, right? Like, yeah. you know, and maybe the, 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 the hospital has some, some, you know, a very prominently placed chapel. Right. You know, or maybe and a picture of Jesus on every wall Jesus or something. all around. Perhaps, you know, those things might be there. But at the end of the day, it's fucking medicine. Right. Right. Yeah. You're doing and science. You're, you're working with other with other medical professionals who also are not Catholic or Methodist or whatever church fucking owns the church. The, that, 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 right. that hospital. Right. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous that they should have that the, this for profit because, I mean, most of these hospitals are for profit. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, these entities somehow get to skirt just because it's owned employment by law. Yeah. They get to skirt, all, you know, laws involving, you know, there was recently I didn't use it, but there was recently a, a whole dust up where uh, Walgreens, I think they, they had a, a pharmacist who denied a, a woman who denied a little girl a, a, a young woman a, a a teen yes uh a medicine because the pharmacist had a quote pretty good idea what it was going to be used for which th- this is apparently a drug that you take before you get an iud put in but it's also a drug that you take to treat like stomach ulcers or something but he had a pretty good idea what she was going to use it for and walgreens stood behind him Fuck them. And said because he had a, a, a sincerely held religious belief, he could just not dispense a drug as though that's any of his goddamned business. That's between a doctor and a patient. And yeah. your job is to make sure that when the per- patient gets the drug, they don't kill themselves with it. Right. That's your whole job. Right. That's your moral obligation. Yeah. Your moral obligation isn't how she's using it. It's none of your fucking business. Or what? Why she's using it. And for Walgreens to have... I think it's Walgreens. I hope I'm not bad-mouthing the wrong... CVS. Yeah, I think it's Walgreens. Anyway, for them to have stood Uh, behind the guy. The the one inside the Walmart. Correct. It was them. Um, It's just... We we got a long way to go. And I'm surprised... you know, I don't, I don't, I'm no, the I'm no zero is what's really interesting to me because well, like, I'm no legal expert, but the, it so does the seem question like before them must have been, <sighs> it must, it must have had very, like the language of the law mm-hmm. must have, must have been clear. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. So it's probably a problem with how the law was written. Yeah. Not with what the, what the Supreme court did. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, that right there is fucked up. It's fucked up. Fucked up. All right, I have a problem. Yeah, I have a problem, Dan. We're we're pissed. We're oh. pissed. Yeah. Well, there's some pissed off people in Italy right now. Oh, uh, there was uh, uh, a crime committed. Mm-hmm. Thievery, Dan. What? So much so that the police uh, blocked off roads surrounding a church. Was it, was it a piece of art with Joseph Smith on the bench? On a bench? <laughs> no, if only. No, it was brains. <laughs> brains were stolen, Dan. What, was, was brains it were Pope's? stolen from a Catholic church was it in the northern Pope's Italy. Brains? No, uh, a uh, a a very uh, favorite saint of Italy 
John oh. Bosco. Bosco. Oh, it was a relic? It was a relic. Oh, no. He left behind some of his brains, Dan. <laughs> brains. The thief entered the church. The zombie entered the church. <laughs> uh, brains. Um, uh, in near Turin. Okay. Near Turin. They have a shroud there. There's also, they love their relics in Turin. Oh, boy. They have the shroud of Turin, the brains of Turin. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he left with the, the little glass case that contains the relic of the saint. Oh, my God. Um, who's also uh, known as Don, Don Bosco. Don Bosco. Don Bosco. Um, I think I saw that movie. That's Johnny Depp, right? In Donnie Bosco? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, so he, was, he kind of posed as a pilgrim. Ah. Snuck his way in. This is a the, the the pilgrims show up. They pray before the relic. Right. Um, I'm dear, not sure. Dear brain of a guy from a hundred yeah. years ago, please help me to pass my algebra exam. Yeah. Pray for, pray for smarts. Yeah. I need I need some smarts, brain. <laughs> dear brain, brain, give me some smarts. <laughs> um, it's gonna be just as effective <laughs> as any other prayer. You might as well. <laughs> what the fuck? Well, stare at some brains. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess he, like, St. John Bosco is his name. Uh, he was, uh, they, he's beloved for his work helping the poor and especially deprived children. <laughs> um, so, and, uh, so keeping his brain around makes sense. Yeah, he died in 1888, canonized in 1934, just in case you were interested. Uh-huh. And, uh, he's, uh, Yeah. He's like a regular Father Teresa. Yeah, the authorities have come out and said, uh, here's a nice little quote. It makes you think of the profound moral misery of someone who would steal a sign that's been left and conserved for the devotion and faithful of all. (laughs) It's not a sign. God did not leave you a sign. You fucking broke into cracked open a guy's head. That's not them leaving you a sign. That's you being a creep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. I like when I was just in uh, in Belgium. I checked out some blood. Yeah. Oh, some they got the. They love out. their reliquaries. There's. Um, a, it's always like there's the. It's the ring finger of the left hand of Saint Bufus, and then it's like what I is saw it? the finger of Saint Thomas. Oh, doubting Thomas's finger that he poked into the side of <laughs> Jesus's wounds. That's an important one. That was a good one. I was impressed by that uh, one. That's an important one. I was like, one. "How is this in like this little obscure church here?" Of course, we don't. This this needs to be someplace else. This is important. Of course, it's obvious. It's very clearly fake. Like there, no, this this was a finger. Yeah, they, I, it was a real finger. <laughs> it was probably a guy named Thomas. Who yeah. knows? It was a, It was just some dude named Thomas. It yeah. wasn't the Thomas. I'm going to take us to Brooklyn. <laughs> Uh, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah? Home of uh, the Dodgers. Mm. Just kidding. Is that for real? Well, it used to be, like, in the 20s. There was the Brooklyn Dodgers. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a tradition Yeah, that was under fire uh, recently, but oh, no. is finally uh, free again, which is... It's a Jewish tradition. I did not know about this one. It's a thing that you do, uh, it's called, wait for it, kaporot, kaporot. Uh, really, really good tradition. <laughs> what you do is you take, you get your, 
Go out. I think we should all do this. We're all going to do this. All of you listening at home, you and me, Frank, we're all going to participate in a Jewish tradition. Go find yourself sort of, and you do this in the 10 days between Rosh Hashanah, uh, which is the Jewish New Year, and Yom Kippur. You get yourself a white chicken. Okay. And you swing it over your head three times okay. uh, as you pray for your sins to be transferred to the chicken. Yeah. And then you kill it in the manner, in the kosher way, which is to slit its throat. That's good. <laughs> it's not good. That's the stupidest, horrifyingest thing. People, well, how else are you going to get rid of your sins? Well, that's a good question. Dan, that's a good question. Yeah. <clears throat> sins just don't go away. They're swinging chickens over their heads. That works. That, I, I could imagine chickens definitely work. <laughs> Other animals might work too, but the ones that would work are too large to swing over your head. Oh my god, oh. it's hard to swing. You know, all livestock over your head. All religious stuff is stupid. I think we can all agree. Like almost all of the religious stuff in the whole world yeah. is on some level stupid. Yeah. But Pit. fucking swinging chickens over your head. Yeah. In this era, in I a know. modern context. I know. Shut the fuck up. Stop swinging chickens over your head. You just you I, I how big an idiot do you have to feel? How big an idiot must you feel swinging a chicken around over your head? trying to transfer uh, i mean well clearly not that big of an idiot that's it's called a scape chicken because the, the old the the, the, the term yeah, the term scapegoat goat. refers yeah. to a goat that you transfer your sins to and then mm -hmm. kill yeah apparently they've at least well, downgraded from from goats well, didn't when, didn't you run the oh no i'm confusing a couple know. stories yeah you didn't run the goat off a cliff did you is that part of it <laughs> i don't think is that so. the wrong one don't I, I'm trying to remember. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Well, because it, again, a goat would be one of the animals that's hard to swing around over your. You head. can't swing a goat around so over the your head. Other option would be running it off a cliff. Yeah, I mean, you got to find something else out. A chicken seems much, and and apparently, a white chicken is a symbol. Do of Do you purity. have to like yell out your sins? I think you should. I think you should have to say your sins out loud in front of everybody, and they'll all witness those sins being transferred to the chicken. But meanwhile, they'll know what you did. Does the chicken? Are you holding its neck? Are you holding its feet? Uh, uh, details are not forthcoming on the article like that I was reading. Around by the neck, wouldn't that break its neck? Um, maybe. Depends on how hard you whip it. I'm currently looking at a photo of some some That's uh, some men holding chickens by their wings, which seems weird, but like. I mean, I mean, you're just you're torturing a bird for no reason. No, I know. You're just torturing a bird. It's really awful. Because you're so, too dumb to see that this is an idiotic practice. So maybe I I missed this because I got a little distracted here <laughs> on some details. And uh, did you say this has just come back or is it no. gone away? Well, here's the thing. Uh, there or was did it just there was happen? a group. That was seeking to end this particular ritual. Okay. Called the Alliance to End Chickens as Kaporos. Okay. It's a real catchy name, guys. Alliance to End Chickens. Okay. But what I love yeah. is that it's to end chickens as It doesn't say to end the practice of kapo Kaporot. It's just stop doing it with chickens. So 
this this is a question. This is a question for Rabbi Gruber. Yeah, Would, is it some? Is there something specific about chickens <laughs> that makes them desirable for this practice, or could other animals yeah. work? Could we do which it ones would work with a swamp rat? And, and uh, <laughs> I mean, I would assume that unclean animals probably aren't the best choice. Well, but I mean, I not. do. I do. They're well, already unclean. If they're already unclean. It's Take much a better. Couple sins. Now, mind you, this does end with donating either the meat or the monetary equivalent of the meat to to the poor. Ah. So you know, maybe swamp rats not as great for that. <laughs> but nevertheless. And, like, I don't know why it's any better to do this to a swamp rat or to a, you know, whatever. It's just uh, I have more of a distaste for them, maybe. Yeah. But, honestly, it's just so it's, – it's, so, anyway, their bid this, – this alliance to end chickens as cup horrors, <laughs> uh, they they went to the New York State courts. Uh, oh, no. And, and were, were turned down. Oh. So the Jews can now swing their chickens – with impunity. Gladly. Swing your chickens, gentlemen. Swing them and, 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 and be good in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. Hmm. Amen. Well. Amen, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I guess if you have any suggestions for other animals. Right. That one could torture. Or a better to way. Because to, you to, masturbated. Or a better way to fix uh, your sins. Because every religion's got a way to just fix them. And they don't count anymore. Send them to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click the word like when you see it. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. It is a closed group, but we'll let you in. We will indeed. Okay, Dan. Yes, sir. We have some listening that must, yeah. build, must happen. Yeah, this will relate to uh, what we talk about later yeah. uh, in the program. So pretty self-explanatory. It's Pat Robertson. Oh, Pat And boy. it's a Q&A moment on, on the show. We love it. Why did God allow the men of faith in the Old Testament to have multiple wives and concubines? And when did God change his mind and make marriage monogamous? Um. I don't think God changed his mind. The truth is that uh, women have babies, and when they have babies, they can't fight wars because they're having babies, and they're looking after their babies, and they need somebody to look after them. That's why husbands are supposed to look after their wives. And uh, it's a man can take care of several wives, whereas one wife can't take care of several husbands. But I think in the early days, there must have been more women than men. And it was, you know, multiple wives were standard stuff in the, in the primitive societies. And they still are in Africa. I knew one guy, I think he was a chief or something, who generally had 60 wives. So you say that's a little excessive, and it is. <laughs> but nevertheless, God didn't change his mind, but came the New Testament and and Jesus gave the standards of, of marriage. Uh, a man will leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife, and the twain will become one flesh. And so that's the, the, the biblical order of the New Testament. But the culture has changed. God didn't change his mind, but the culture changed. And I, I'm still, a, it, it, 
I'm not sure I know anything in the Bible that indicates that polygamy as such is, you know, against the Bible. But we don't do it, and a lot of laws that were based on the New Testament don't permit it. So that's the way we are. And praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> right. it, it depends. You know, you go to China, now there are more. There are more men than there are women. There are not enough women to go around. So every wife, maybe she'll have several husbands. <laughs> She's Boy, not sharing. There was, uh, there was a finality. There was a definitiveness to her. And thank the Lord for that. Well, she was saying that to her husband. She was like, directly. She was like, yeah, I would never be okay with this. I don't care how many Jesuses tell me it would be okay. Right. She was like, decidedly not okay with it. Well, and he, he sounds pretty fucking okay with it. Yeah, it's just how it is now. Yeah, it's a a cultural thing. It's just cultural. But uh, God didn't change his mind. It's totally fine. If culture changed. Hey, look at China. Who knows? Look, look at look at Africa with all of their sixty wives. What up? How did he go to China? No, he said yeah. Africa. Oh, I thought he said China there at the end, where they have more men than women. Oh, right. Oh, okay. And so yeah. maybe maybe uh, women will start taking care of a bunch of men. Yeah, maybe they will. <laughs> Pat. Oh yeah. Well, but they've got to make those babies. They can't go to war. They've got babies to make. <laughs> Those are the options. Right. War or babies. <laughs> In, look, when we're talking human beings, you're either going to be making babies. Yeah, you're either going to be procreating or killing the yeah. fruit of someone else's procreation. Yeah. Those, that's, that's how it works. That's all we do. That's the history of as humans. the entire human race. Right? Absolutely. Oh, my God. It's a- He's insane. He's an insane old man. It's alarming when they think that they're just saying, when they think they're talking about one thing, and then they reveal their terrifying views on a number of other things, which which happens constantly. Right. And they think, oh, this is harmless. And then you find out, like, oh, you think humans are just for war and procreation. That's what you think. That's how this works. No wonder we go to war all the time, because people think that you're supposed to. It's like just, have lots of babies, so there can be lots of war. Yeah, it's all you need. All you need is really? war. <laughs> Hi, Frank and Dan. This is from Jillian. It's a uh, an email that was sent into us. Hi, Frank and Dan. I was just listening to the epi- episode "Come Out" and loved the whole conversation, and especially resonated with Frank's part about uh, not wanting to be blessed. Oh, I hate being blessed. Uh, Since becoming an atheist about 15 years ago in my teens, I've always been uh, irritated by anyone saying God bless you to me, no matter the context. I particularly hate it after a sneeze, because why the hell do we even comment on on that one bodily function? We don't say anything when someone burps or coughs or farts. Well, sometimes we say something. You kind of giggle. Or, ew. (laughs) We chastise you. Oh, it's usually, oh, well. Uh, Oh. Huh. Who, Who farted? Well, and yeah, and sneezing is so involuntary and innocent. Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't smell bad. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, it can spray. If they don't cover their mouths, that's kind of gross. Yeah. So really the the only response to a sneeze should be uh you didn't cover your mouth, you're gross. <laughs> Otherwise, we can just let it go. Although sneezes to me, okay, she's I'm I'm going to let Jillian finish. I'm going to let you finish. But sneezes I have to, I do want to say 
I find sneezes to feel a little bit celebratory. Well, and so like I, I like there to be a huzzah after a sneeze because it just feels to me like I just popped the cork on a on a champagne bottle or something. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who's <laughs> that's funny. I sneeze a lot. I think you know this about me. You're an allergic fellow. I'm I'm allergic, and I don't sneeze the uh, customary twice. Right, you, I you, sneeze. You get like a four, four or five, five, or five times round when going. I get going. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I. There can be something very satisfying about a, a proper sneeze. Mm. There's the occasional not very satisfying oh, sneeze. Don't those piss you off? And it's really yeah, because if you're going through that, you might as well feel feel yeah. like you, you you accomplished something. Yeah, it's like know? it's like a nosegasm. There's yeah. just something very yeah. that can be very nice no, sure. about a sneeze. I will say that when the sneezes come on and I've got a mouthful of. Uh, Oh, frosted mini wheats, which sure. happened the other day, and I <laughs> thought my hands were covering, but there was still some frosted mini wheat that sprayed my computer screen. Oh dear lord, that wasn't. Very Turn funny. your face, man. Turn your face. All right, uh, I'll let. Uh, let's continue with Jillian. She said, um, uh, "We don't say anything when someone burps, coughs, or farts, uh, so it irritates me both on a. Could you please?" Politely ignore what my body just did level, as well as a uh, stupid religious nature of it. For a long time, I would chide myself and think it was a harmless thing where someone was just honestly trying to be nice, so why be rude by refusing the blessing or some similar response? Over the past several years, though, I have stopped feeling this way and really do think that it's rude of people to just openly bless you or tell you that they're praying for you, etc., mm-hmm. when they don't know your religious affiliation or lack thereof. See, that's that's where the religious privilege thing comes in. Yeah. Where, where the, the white noise of their life is just religious. Yeah, that's true. And that's what we need to be breaking down. That's what people need to realize is that they're, someone could possibly be religious, but not their religion. Yeah. Or somebody could not be religious, still believe in God. Or somebody could not believe in God. And therefore, right. obviously not religious. Right. Or, you know, someone might have a religious belief that thing that takes offense at invoking the Lord on something as trivial as a sneeze or something. I would love to meet that person. I would, too. <laughs> I don't think that person exists. But it's possible. It is possible. You know, the other thing is, uh, yeah, I, I, well, sneezing. I, I do think that it's just, it, it's, it's religious language. But guess what? Religious language is pervasive throughout our language. And I tend to... Th- just excuse it. It's just cultural. It's just, I mean, let's just face it. American culture and many other cultures in the, in the world arose from wildly Christian dominated culture. And so it's just embedded into our language and our culture. Well, here's the deal. We can start to change that, but there's not really a point to changing some of it. There's a lot of it. That's just like, there are other options. You could say Gesundheit. Right. Uh, and I do find, because I thought about this a little bit after I sort of spouted off on the show last week, that there is, that bless you all by itself is a l- slightly better, not 100% better, but slightly better than God bless you. Than God you. bless you. Okay. Because there's no agent doing the blessing. There's an, inf- there's an understanding that's probably God. Right. But the idea of something being a blessing in one's life. Right. Right, like we know what that means, and it, and some people have like and it can a religious be. connection, a, a thankfulness to God. Right, but but what, it, I would love to be at a point where something could just be a blessing because that has 
that does have a meaning. Right. That right? can be divorced from religious context. Sure. But if it has a, 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 an official connection to God, that's where that's where I feel like I need to draw the line. See, I tend to take it in exactly the opposite direction. Oh. When someone sneezes around me that knows me. Uh-huh. I say something. I just take it too far. I'm like, may the good Lord bless you and keep you. <laughs> well, but <laughs> may the Lord our God bless and keep you. Sure. For all of your days. But that's ironic. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I do it ironically. <laughs> You're not. Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> good Lord. We'll just move on. Uh, Stevens. Oh, no. Why don't you play a voicemail? We have a let's, voicemail, Let's do Dan. that, and then we'll get to Stevens. We do have a voicemail. Hey, Dan. Hey, Frank. Uh, Scott from Illinois. Listening to your final segment kind of saying that all atheists need to just come out without, you know, any exceptions. Uh, and I was reminded of this concept in all the therapy I've been in called radical acceptance. And, uh, you know, I'm no therapist, so I might be misusing. But boiled down, it means accepting some fact, you know, stopping fighting reality and accepting a fact as it is and completely embracing it. And in a lot of ways, it sounds like what the homosexual community did was forced everyone to radically accept homosexuality. There was no more denying that it existed. You just had to accept that homosexuals were out there and they were a part of our society. So kind of what you guys are advocating for, this idea of atheists coming out, I think is absolutely brilliant because it forces that same radical acceptance in society that they can't deny that we exist and they get to see us for all of our faults and all of the great things about us, that we are just people. And then it kind of, the concept is also useful in terms of atheism as, you know, the individual level, where you wouldn't answer somebody asking your name by lying because you were embarrassed about your name or you weren't sure about it. You would just say your name. You know, I'm Scott. I'm not going to lie and say I'm John. Atheism is as much a part of who you are as your name. And if you're denying that, then you're not accepting it, and you need to accept it. That doesn't mean that you're totally at peace with it, but you need to stop fighting the reality and say to everyone and to yourself, I am an atheist. Stop fighting it. Just let it happen. I think it's a brilliant concept. There's a lot of people who have a lot of consequences that they would face for that. I'm not one of them, and I understand why they might hesitate, but by denying that your atheism to other people, you're denying a huge part of who you are. It's the same thing that happened to you know, when homosexuals wouldn't come out. It's a hard way to live, and it benefits everyone in the long run. So um, just something I thought about. The concept kind of sprang into my head. I thought it kind of applied nicely. I think you guys are on to something really brilliant. So, you know, thank you guys. Uh, preach on, and uh, take it easy. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Scott. Or John, whatever your real name is. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, uh, yeah, not much to say about that. No, but, you know, it is about just being, it's the words thrown around maybe in some gross ways sometimes, but authentic. Yeah. Being who you are and, and letting people know you. And largely right? that's for you. That yeah. serves you. Yeah. Uh, Having Letting people know you feels really good. Yeah. Unless they kick you out of their lives forever. Well, but then you find but, new people who know you. Right. And then, and then you, ha you don't have to live with people who won't accept you for who you actually are. And then you get an urban tribe. And that's a lot of fun. <laughs> you love your tribe. <laughs> Tribing is good, I guess. I don't know. Yes, it's good to have your people. Yeah. It's good to have your people. 
Steven writes in, hello, since you guys didn't seem to be sports guys. Now, no. do you remember, Frank, that we talked about... Us not sports guys? Dude. Did you see... <laughs> How dare you? Did you see the Warriors beat the Cavs last night? Oh, yeah, man. Sweet. Like, they're... Uh, they're just unreal. They're just like, they're playing in a different league, man. <laughs> that sounded legit. I'm going yeah. to go with that sounded good. Yeah, and... Uh, I could I can say names like LeBron James and I can say names Ooh, like Steph Curry. Sports guy. Sports, sports guy alert. Sporting. <laughs> sports. <laughs> okay. What does uh, he have to say? So you remember we talked about um somebody bragging that some that what, some, what does he have to mansplain to us? <laughs> <laughs> we could be mansplained too. It's true. Uh no, uh the the um so we talked about how uh, somebody, one of, you know, one of these religious dudes was bragging about how one of these other religious dudes had predicted the outcome of the oh, 95 yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, World yeah. Series or yeah. something like that. Uh-huh. So here's what this guy, here's what Steven has to say. I thought I'd give you some background for something making, uh, for someone making a prediction that Atlanta would win the World Series in 1995. The Braves had been to two of the previous three World Series. The Braves had the best pitching staff in baseball in 1995. Um, Vegas had them as the odds-on favorite to win the World Series starting in February. So anyone who said they made a prediction, actually, I believe it was a prophecy in this case, uh, (laughs) that the Braves would win the World Series was making a prediction that was made by a lot of people that followed baseball. So, yeah. So even worse than what we thought it was. Yeah, it was. It, ooh, <laughs> God must have told you that. Or everybody else that follows the sport must right. have told you that. Right. Yeah. But it it would be impressive to the non-sporty folk maybe in the audience. Sure. You sure. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, there's like a dozen fantasy baseball players out there or, you know, a hundred thousand fantasy baseball players out there who are like, yeah, I made the same prediction. Obviously we all, we all did that. Right. We all know that. Lou also wrote into us. Lou. Hi, Lou. Uh, says, hi guys. Just listen to the story about on the Papa God episode about the, uh, the idiot who tithed on his stolen pension money (laughs) and a couple of things uh, popped into my head. By the way, there was another case. I'm just going to interrupt Lou now. Uh, There was another case, and this time uh, it's a little further along, and the LDS Church gave like a shitload of money back because another criminal had given them a ton of their money. Oh, it was uh, Jeremy Johnson. Yeah. 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 I saw that. Isn't that funny? Huh. Oh, why are these people paying tithing on ill-gotten gains? I don't know. Maybe they think so that weird. that's how that's how to get out of uh, eternal damnation. If you if you, I'm, yeah, Lord, I stole the money, but you'll notice I gave you a cut. <laughs> I paid you the vig on that thing. <clears throat> like I gave you your due. Uh, uh, so a couple of things just popped into Lou's head. One, the Mormon Church are at least head, uh, handling this better. Then when it was pointed out to Mother Teresa, or as he writes, Mother fucking Teresa, he, yeah. she, as, as Lou writes, um, that the money she received from Ke- Charles Keating was actually stolen and she should give it back, which she did not, uh, oh. apparently. Uh, two, I wondered if you have such a thing uh, over in the States, if one self-employed, if one was self-employed and had to fill out a tax return, could you claim that you're, you're a, can you claim your tithe as an expense there by writing it off? Just a couple of things that made me chuckle. Uh, 
In point of fact, tithes in the United States, United States of America are considered charitable donations. Yes. Which they are not. But they are then, uh, 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 yes, write-offable yeah. as a charitable donation. So, Ugh. Uh, so yes. Actually, now that I think about it, of course, uh, Lou, points, Lou points out an interesting point, which is these guys giving uh, their tithe, paying their tithes on ill-gotten gains could just be a tax dodge. Uh, That's an interesting thought. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, thanks for, for that, Lou. Do we have anyone to thank else? We do have people to thank, Dan. We have two brand new patrons on oh, Patreon. good. Uh, we have Linda, who's coming in at the faithful level. Yes. So thank you, Linda. And we also have Miranda, who is a new venerable listener. Oh. How uh, venerable. That's a... That's a good one. That's a good you, one. So we, thank you. How we venerate you, Miranda. Yes. And of course, James, our S- Lord and Savior. Still our continues. Lord and Savior. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, these people are the holiest among us all. And uh, and we, we will wish to thank them deeply for all of their help. Uh, it's yeah. really, really nice. And you too could become holy. Yeah. You could be among the, the sainted. Mm. If you went, if you just go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the support tab, and uh, and then we will bless you as we bless them, not in the God bless way, but in the Dan and Frank bless way, in the name of the podcasters. Amen. Amen. Hey, Frank. Dan. I'm married. Okay. I'm a married man. Indeed. Uh, you have been for a number of years. But before that, I was, I was unmarried. You were and, a divorced man. Well, I was, yes, that. that's true. But I was living in sin with my... A, div- a divorcee living, living in sin with, with, with uh, a, a wife. Holy shit. You were like the worst. And I bet her parents were just like, what the fuck? Well, they didn't, they didn't like that very much. <laughs> They did not like me very much to begin with either. <laughs> what? Yeah. Mormon parents not liking Dan Beecher? Well, what's shocking? Well, it's so funny because my whole life, like, parents of the girls that I dated loved me. Well, yeah. I was that guy. I was the guy that I did well with the parents. They, I had multiple parents of girls that I dated tell me, if you guys break up, we're keeping you. Oh, they were being cute, whatever. They, right. You know, obviously. But well, was, parents probably always really like were stoked by like the fact that your parents had positions like at the church. Sure. The sure. You know? sure. There's all sorts of stuff. But uh, but yeah, this was the first experience that I had where they were like, like decidedly against me. I was <laughs> enemy number one. Anyway, uh, you know who else is married? Who? Uh, there's this guy named Joe Darger, or Darger. I'm not sure which one it is, actually. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Yeah. Uh, but you pointed out to me earlier today that Joe is running for office. He's running for mayor of a, of a, of a smallish city here in Salt Lake County. So, yeah. Um, You're in the valley with us. Uh, um, doesn't seem... Harriman. Yes. And known for its polygamy. Right. And Joe himself 
married not to one, not to two, but to three separate women. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Uh, which is an interesting thing. The man is, is openly uh, flouting the law. It's also rumored that he is the, uh, he's, he is who Big Love is sort of uh, based on. Bill Paxton's character. Bill, yeah, they, they wanted, they knew they want, like he was sort of one of the early consultants and they kind of just patterned Bill Paxton's, Bill Paxton's character after him. Yeah. Kind of an interesting guy. They took Bill Paxton's character in a different, very different direction, of course. Right. But this guy was in sort of like, um, he was like a contractor. I think he had a home improvement, not like oh. not like a Home Depot style store, which is what's in the show. Right. But he had like a hardware store, right? That he owned and stuff. So, and I think he had a building business or something. Yeah. Anyway, something like uh, here's an so he's running for mayor. Strangely, you guys won't believe this. His big platform is religious liberty. What? <laughs> How what, strange. What could that mean? Are you hoping to uh, to engage the Muslim community out there in Harriman, Mr. <laughs> Darger? Are you hoping for more Jews? No. Do you want to embrace the Hindus of your area? He's probably wanting to make sure the city doesn't uh, harass the polygamist population. He there. wants to not be arrested, yeah. is what he wants. And he wants the rest of his, his tribe of people not to be arrested. Uh... And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be arrested either. Well, Harriman was probably once a very safe place for polygamists. Yeah, I mean, it clearly was because it was all polygamists. Right. And then, but now as a suburb of Salt Lake City, it has, uh, more, suburbia has encroached. There's more watchful on eyes. Their, on their uh, little farmland yeah. area out there. Yeah. They are, uh, it, although it's interesting, I mean, some people might be surprised to learn that Utah has laws on the books against polygamy. Mm-hmm. Utah doesn't, it is not legal to practice polygamy here in Utah. Um, not technically. Right. So what they do is they just don't actually get married, you know, legally. There, right. There's one marriage and then these other ladies that are just sort of chilling. They're, they're just, just hanging out. They're just hanging out. Live there. Getting babied. Getting all knocked up, shit, all that stuff. Well, that's the, that's what they're up to. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, in their church, in their does religion. It, does the article say how many kids he has? No, that's usually a. No, it doesn't look like fun fact about polygamists. Yeah, they they do they do spread their seed. <laughs> um, but you know what? This got me thinking of, uh, and us thinking of, is just sort of, and also you know we listened to uh, to. Uh, Patty Boy talking about polygamy and how it's in it's very very much in the Bible, very condoned in the Bible. Oh yeah, uh, in, you know to the to the point where Solomon had what did he have? He had hundreds of wives and like thousands of concubines or something mm-hmm. crazy like oh. that. Or like 300 wives and 700 concubines or whatever. It was uh, it was an absurd number. It was like Wilt Chamberlain yeah. numbers. Yeah. Dude, dude was fucking. Let's just let's just get that out of the way. Um, and uh, and so like one wants one does wonder, as one looks at Christianity, and you and I know a bit of the Mormon history in this country, mm-hmm. uh, where, and it recently was the anniversary of the publishing of the Nauvoo Expositor, 
which was a, a, a news, the newspaper that finally exposed publicly Joseph Smith's polygamy. Right. Which he had been espousing in private, but then uh, denying publicly. Uh, right. Until it was espoused. <laughs> until it was... Uh, oh, my God. Not okay. <laughs> yes, but it was exposed. It was brought out into the open. And then, and then he was uh, eventually killed by an angry mob after having been put into jail for breaking, for ordering the destruction of the printing press that exposed it. Yeah. And then the angry mob came and killed him, probably because he was a polygamist. And here's the thing. These were Christians that murdered him. Yes. It's in their goddamn book. He didn't make it up. Yeah. But their book is all kind of contradictory about it because, you know, there's the two halves of, of their little Bible thing. Yeah. There's, there's that the new. Old, yeah. And then there's that old. Yeah. And they kind of they kind of have to deal. <clears throat> they kind of have to deal with the old. Yeah. Then it seems like for a lot of them, they, they would probably just rather not. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's definitely more convenient to just focus on very limited aspects of the old testament right than to actually try to reconcile their faith with everything that piece of shit book has to say so many things that, like <laughs> you obviously like it i mean and this is the point right pat robertson very clearly said it mm. culture is more important than religion absolutely. even to these people absolutely it doesn't matter how much they claim that religion is what's important. Right. It ain't. Right. And that's true of every fucking religion. That's right. true. I mean, Lord knows, swinging a chicken around your head could not possibly be. It's not. I mean, I've read the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible that make up the Torah. Right. There's no swinging chickens. There's some fucked up shit. Yeah. There's some shit about, like, you know, women having to live in a tent during their period of uncleanness yeah. and like don't sit in a chair that a woman on her period has sat in and all sorts of other fucked up shit. Oh, and then she has to like apologize to God for having a period by sacrificing a, a bird. So like there's a lot of fucked up stuff. Yeah. But like what's more important than what's actually in the books that these people espouse is what are we doing lately? <laughs> what's happening but what's hip now right in our you know in our crazy religion which is why gay marriage will eventually infiltrate all of these faiths all of them except will, for the most stridently ridiculously conservative right you know the and fundamentalists will will not find a place but everybody else will well and what's funny is that those fundamentalist groups will die out and then there will be 50 years and then there'll be a resurgence yeah. and everybody will just be like, why are we resurging with this? Why? This was settled. This is, and everybody will just be like, Oh, these, they're so hate. Like all of these, the most conservative Christian right. sect will be like, why are everyone's, why are these people being so hateful toward our gay brothers and sisters? Right. And then there'll be some dipshit who runs for president. <laughs> somehow is able to get them riled up. Yeah. And it'll all come back again. Yeah. It's it's the nature of humanity to say to to say to be more interested in like what I want to believe is much more important than whatever my book that I claim I believe in says mm -hmm. for me to believe. Right. 
So yeah, of course we can eat shrimp. That was just that was just you got to take that in the context of the time. Right. It's not an abomination to eat shrimp. But the gays, Marr! screw the screw the the context of the time. I don't want to have to think about it. Right. My dad hated gays and his dad hated gays and I'm going to hate gays too. Right. Wait, my son's gay? Pro gay. I'm pro gay now all of a sudden. It took me 3 years. Pass the ham. Right. Yeah. <laughs> all of it. It's just so weird and so bullshit. Right. They you these people anybody who claims to believe in the Bible is lying. They yeah. believe in the parts of the Bible that feel good now. Yeah. So here's where I'm going with this. Part of where, where I'm are going because we were talking about marriage, and part of where I'm going with this is that there is this sort of. I mean, there's so gay folk can get married now. Yes. But they don't do marriage the way most straight folk do marriage. No, because they've much been better. They've been outsiders. It's more tasteful. No, no, it's really it's- not. <laughs> Maybe their homes are more tasteful in general, <clears throat> though I think we both know example counter examples to that as well. However, one thing that is very prominent in gay culture and gay male c- culture more than uh, than the lesbian than the les culture is uh, an openness within, like a sexual openness within yeah. marriage. Yeah. Uh, so they yeah they're getting married it's pretty, now. It's really common, as far as I can tell, but amongst. Gays that I know, yeah, you know, you have your honeymoon period. Yeah. We're very, very dedicated to each other, and then at some point, it seems like almost everyone just decides that you know we're this this thing that we've got going on is awesome. It's good, and there's no reason for it to end. But but also, uh, look at him. <laughs> He's looking at me. Yeah, I'm just gonna step away for a moment. And, and then the come thing, right back. And the thing about it is that gay culture, because I think I think largely, I, this is just guesswork, but I think largely because gay men uh, have been for so long ejected from social norms of sexuality, yeah, and have had to sort of come up with their own sexual norms. Mm-hmm. They're fine with it, yeah, and they and they don't need this sort of Christian moralizing. Like Christian moralizing is against them in general. Yeah. So we can just ignore Christian moralizing, period, and go on with whatever we think works for us. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think that uh, I think that's f- filtering its way into society at large slowly. Right. Starting with like uh, sort of the more radical among the straight folk, but I think we're going to see a lot more non-monogamy and mm. and ethical non-monogamy well, because let's face it, non-monogamy is rampant. Right. Non-monogamy is everywhere. Christians practice non-monogamy all the goddamn time. Right. All the live long day. But they do it unethically. Well, I'll say this. They do it outside of the bed. They make a promise and then they break that promise. Right. For them to do their their non-monogamy. Yeah. Whereas in the gay culture, they make a promise. They keep their promise. Right. They just make other promises as well. As somebody who has... Uh, online dated, uh-huh. uh huh, uh, and uh, has you know, I was what I was in my. The internet was was happening right when I was kind of coming out, mm-hmm. right, and so I've seen this progression online of 
it used to be you, you never you never used to see the guys online looking to meet other men who were saying oh but i have a wife and she's cool with it and this and that and the other right. like maybe there were guys online who were married looking for oh, something on the side lots of that there was they're married to women specifically to we're women. talking about and there was plenty of that yeah right um but now the kids these days and i mean and there's young young guys who uh -huh. are just like hey no i'm bisexual you know my wife's cool with it i'm just looking to have like a, a friend yeah you know somebody that i can explore my my the 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 gay parts of me oh i believe me some of these guys it's clear they've been exploring yeah like they're these they're pros at what they're up to yeah right and but uh, they still want to go home to the wife yeah or they want to go home to the husband you know yeah. I, I mean like there's the the and so what i'm saying is that this younger generation seems very open to this kind of defining things for themselves right in, in more ways than one and one of those ways is is sexually i think if, if there's one thing that sort of the the gay movement mm -hmm. is really uh is really providing mm -hmm. uh these especially yeah the, i mean this it's it's the millennials that have really sort of taken up this banner it's right. that we get to define us yeah and we you know if and if i'm married to uh oh you know it if I, Dan, am married to Andrea, and I, and then we, as a couple, decide there's more to the, to this world, mm -hmm. and we want to explore that, mm -hmm. that's on us. Yeah. Got nothing to do with nobody else. Oh. And so, like, part of what I'm circling this around to is I'm pretty okay with every, as long as everybody enters into it uh, honestly and openly, mm -hmm. and I've said this before on the show, mm -hmm. I'm fine with polygamy. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm more fine with, with a much more open thing. Like, polygamy literally means one man, multiple women. Right. I would be much happier if the women could take on other partners as well. Right. Well, the thing about polygamy that is important, especially when we bring it up in the context of the state of Utah, mm. and because it's all connected to this fundamentalist Mormon thing, um, is that I, I do think it's important to throw in the caveat the extra caveat, because you already put one in, but it's really hard for many of these relationships to be fully consensual. Yeah, it can be. That can be really difficult, and because and especially when it's in a when it's in the context of a compound. The compounds are where I'm specifically thinking, because I would say the suburban Mormon, you know, polygamists are probably. Uh, there's a little bit more sunlight yeah shining. it's less likely you know? that, that these women are going to be entering into it against their will yeah i mean in the compound scenario you've got men marrying their daughters off to other men yeah uh not asking their daughters right not you know it's not a woman deciding to marry a man who also happens to be married to another woman yeah. it's a, a contract between a couple of guys yeah no, the big love got a lot of that stuff really right. Yeah, you know, yeah, like the the, the flipping through the book, looking at the young women. Yeah, I don't know if there's literally a book, but that idea of just like the 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 leering and the the yeah the, the that's that's the next one and the fifty some odd year old 50, man fifteen year old grabbing a sixteen year old girl that's well they they would go young they would go young fourteen. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And that, well, that's what isn't that what officially got Warren Jeffs in trouble? The having having a fourteen year old wife or something like that. Yeah. What did they finally get him? For? I don't know. I, I mean, in most of the states for. where they're at, that's fucking legal. Which this is where we need to really start talking because f- there needs to be laws about marriage. But do those laws have to have anything to do with how many people, you, how many adults can enter willingly into a relationship? I feel like the place where these laws need to be enforced, we need to start making underage marriage absolutely illegal. There are law, There are states in this country where an 11-year-old can be married. No. Yeah. And let me tell you something. It's not boys right. that, are, that are doing this. This is, is explicitly... Are you Christian? Sure. Yeah, I read a whole. I read an article recently about it. That's disgusting. Like where? Like Arkansas? Probably. I don't know. I, I I have not looked that part up because I didn't really know that we were going down this road. Right. Right. But the fact of the matter is that in the state of Utah, I believe it's fourteen with a parent's consent. Right. Uh, and if the parents are part of this fucking community, they're going to consent. And but that's here's the deal: crazy. that only works for the for if it's marriage. Yeah. Can the parents say? consent for the daughter to be raped by this man no no if this man has sex with this girl in any other context he is a statutory rapist yeah but But that's what i'm saying there's no marriage this is rape they're serving their daughter up to to be raped yes because an underage yeah it's so that's where we need to be like when we when our state legislatures make laws about marriage that's what they should they should be protecting children but you but nobody no adult who is capable of making their own decisions like i mean we're not talking about you know mentally challenged adults or or whatever or mm-hmm. you know mentally ill adults but adults who are capable of making their own decision don't need to be protected from polygamy that's just moralizing at that point mm. and our laws don't need to pronounce make moral pronouncements about other people's uh, love arrangements right but our laws do need to protect the children right but i would say as long also because i'm sorry i know that these women who well i guess a lot of them entered those nasty polygamous relationships when they were underage yeah i was about to say yeah anyway but yeah. the other I thing agree is with you, Dan. the other thing is that uh religion is a bit of a, is a mind fuck and some of these women would enter into these marriages as adults anyway kind of against their will but they know that they're supposed to because it's it's socially so required of them that's that what they rough. don't feel like yeah. they have a way out of it that's what's rough about polygamy in the context that we in a religious context with it. yeah right yep it's a it is rough because uh but I'll say when I was in a religion, I made choices that I didn't want to make because I felt uh, sort of morally slash socially slash culturally obligated to do that. Hmm. And I feel like that's just a problem that we're going to have with religion. We can't fully expunge that without getting rid of religion. But and, and there are also social pressures outside of religion that will also guide people forever. And that's just sort of how that works. But I, but I think I still think, even with all of the problems, I don't want to. I don't want to tell a woman, no, you can't marry that guy, you can't enter into that uh, setup, because I don't think you know because I have some 
qualms about it. Yeah. Like it's not it's not my business. If she is an adult and if she is entering into it willingly, then I, then fuck it. It's Consent. not my business. Consent. Yeah, it's all all the the, the 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 people involved are in a position to consent. Right. Period. And then and then and that uh, works for a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's a great way to. It's a pretty goddamn important concept. Yeah. Uh, and we can talk about like sort of what consent actually ends up looking like and stuff. That's a, that's a story for a different, a different day. day, different day. Dan. But, uh, but yeah, I think marriage, oh man, well, we'll see how this guy does, uh, as a mayor, if he well, gets elected, he's, yeah, he's just running at this point. Uh, you know what? He's, uh, I've heard him on the radio. Uh huh. Um, he sounds way before any of this, right? Sure, because he's one of he's one of the the polygamists who's willing to actually go in front of the media, right, and, and kind of talk be a about spokesperson it. for uh their 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 whole you know way of life, right? Uh, and so I've heard him on the radio, and he's he's a smart guy. He's well spoken. Uh, it's clear why uh the community is cool with him mm-hmm. being out there and speaking for them. Um, he probably in a lot of ways would be a good mayor. Yeah. You know? Um, so who knows? I mean, he's clearly going to be on the, the, the right side of the political spectrum. Probably. Yeah. Um, I think that's reasonable to, <laughs> to assume, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he, he's not going to blow up the town. Yeah. So who knows? Well, there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've said some things on this show. If you have if, if you have some things that you'd like to say back, I'm guessing there are a couple people that have objections to what we may have said. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, please feel free to write to us. Podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. Yeah. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Indeed. Go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist, and click that like button. And while you're on Facebook, why don't you just search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and then request to join? Yeah. It's a closed group. It's moderated. So it's... Uh, it's nice. It's safe. And it's, it's supportive. And yeah, it's all of those things. It's a great place. Uh, speaking of that fine, fine group, uh, thank you so much to our moderators, Danny, Amy, and uh, Sarah, for all of their hard work on that thing and of course Mackenzie uh, thank you for all the hard work that you do on Facebook uh, with your daily posts and on the on the Facebook page and, yeah, yeah the, it's fantastic it's, a, it's amazing the work that she does thanks yep. to the Red Rock Hot Club and to Gordon Johnson for the use of their beautiful music and thank you our dearest of listeners for listening we sure do appreciate it when you do bye bye It's the I hate it the most. I just can't, what? Yeah, I can't Why? stand Instagram. Why? Because it doesn't mean anything to me. I want I want to communicate, and no, all of it, it's that, just see, that's the whole point. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's anti communication. Right, it's the worst. It's, but there, but there's a lot that one can communicate through a photo. How many words is a photo worth, Dan? <laughs> a lot. Most photos are not worth very many. Words. No, 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 no. And it's a lot of words. <laughs> 
the the number is escaping me right now. A thousand is the is is the saying. I think I couldn't remember if it was like a score, a dozen. Pictures worth a dozen words. A picture's worth a baker's dozen. 